Welcome back to Kids Says Some Shit Podcast, a place we'll be discussing all things in life, according to me. I'm your host, Kia, and I definitely got some shit to say. Today, I want to talk about support. And not a support bra or support stockings or support socks or booties, but wanting support, being a supportive person and or being part of a support group. See, to be supportive is to provide encouragement or emotional help. And let's be honest, when someone comes to us for support, they are typically coming to us for our opinion, unless they ask for it. They might just need someone to share their ideas with, to be heard, and to be present. A this is my plan is not the same as I need your help with this. It's different. And it's difficult for many to share their upcoming plans or dreams with people because society is so programmed to shoot people's aspirations down because they don't fit in some preconceived mold. So instead of hearing people through, we start planting seeds of doubt that were obviously placed in us during our own years of adolescent domestication. Using the because I care about you as a means to start tossing around your own insecurities like sunflower seed shells is a trash move. When someone decides to open up to you first, just take the time to listen. Listen with an open heart and mind. By taking the time to listen and showing that you care, you are already helping. And you may open the doors of the church for them to willingly want your advice or for you to extend help. But remember, it is not your responsibility to fix it or fix them. Just by letting someone know that you understand what they are feeling is one of the most important aspects of showing support, even if you can't personally relate. Being empathetic is a great tool to show support, and it helps us avoid jumping into offering unsolicited advice. And validate your friends. Validating a friend communicates acceptance and understanding, even if you don't agree. Validation says to them, look, I get it. And understand why you are distressed, um, what you want, what you need, and your feelings are sound and reasonable. Just by giving them validation, you could quickly help them dissolve confusion and allow them to be fair with themselves in the future. Validating their feelings doesn't mean that you have to not see both or all sides of the situation. As a matter of fact, I implore you to do so. But in doing so, remember, it is not our place to be fixers. We can be comforting and truthful. If your friend seems to have tunnel vision, help them expand their perspective. You could say, there could be another way to look at this. And then what about... You could also expand perspective by pointing out the consequences of their actions to their future selves. This may seem like a good idea at the moment, but how will you feel in a week, in a month? I mean, I don't want you to be too hasty, but maybe you should think on it a little longer and maybe do some research to expand your knowledge on the subject. See, listen, I, I'm a fan of Miss Google and Miss Library, okay? Look it up. Now, before you start tossing your opinions and advice around like a toddler having a tantrum on TikTok, I behoove you to not make assumptions. 
Don't assume you know what they want or what they need, whether that's in the form of support or in an end plan. See, everyone is different. We weren't all raised the same. We don't all communicate the same. We don't all cope the same. We all don't relax, relate, or release the same. So think about that before jumping into giving advice or offering feedback. Be tentative instead of assuming that you have a definitive answer. And then ask specific questions. Especially if you are lost in the sauce or need better understanding and insight. Ask questions. Ask them. Why try to read between the line or figure out what's in someone else's mind? We are not Jean Grey. We're not Professor Xavier. There is no rhyme or reason to be looking crazy, curious, and confused when a simple question could cure what ails you. Ask questions like, and ask them without a tone or a backhanded comment. See, that demonstrates that you care and opens the lines of communication better. Being a cancer, I'm an open book with many redacted pages and chapters. So I know that sometimes when I share, I might not be completely forthcoming with all of the information. That could be because I might not want to feel judged or have my ideas shot down, or may think that if I hold it closer to chest, then no one can berate or belittle me if my plans fall through. I also might feel as though me giving all of this information could in some way be a burden to you. So speaking from personal experiences, I know that what people may tell you might be just a tip of their personal iceberg. So when you start asking questions, start with identity questions. Identity questions help others get in touch with their values. You know, the values that makes them them, their core values. What is really important to you? And is this going to make you happy? Is this something you really want? Is this something that you need? Then ask them sincerely, only if you mean it if there's anything you could do to help them do they need anything from you if you can offer them any help by researching something for them or they want you to just give them heartfelt advice and if they do try to be unbiased I know I know I know it's hard because these are people we care about But it's about us wanting what they feel is best for them. Again, be honest with possible pros or cons. But try to make sure that they aren't coming from a place of selfish discouragement. And then don't compare their problems to one of your own. Trivializing someone's lived experience or chosen trajectory in life by comparing it to your own is a no-no. You may think that it helps you feel connected to your friend, but it places you at a center stage and pulls the rug from the safe space your friend thought that he or she had at the moment. When we are stressed 
or hurting or on a warpath to our dreams, it is often feels like no one understands us. Like we are out here winging it without a coop or a feather or a beak or a tree to perch. The most important thing to keep in mind when holding a space for loved ones is that people most often want to feel again heard. We just want to be heard. Look, by listening carefully without distractions or interruptions, you are communicating that the other person matters to you. Give them the floor, the mic, the spotlight, and your full attention. Now, I have a friend, what, a, a associate, that would always divulge all of her life's problems. I, in some way, had became her journal. And she'd tell me all these things about herself. And then when I interned, may, may have been going through something, some problem, some issue, something that I was brewing through and stewing through in my mind, and began to talk to her about it, she would rush me through my story. She would talk over me as if she knew what I was saying. She had no clue. No clue. But again, she was an associate. And she's also a narcissist. She didn't care to be supportive of anything that I had going on as long as I was available for her. So again, listen carefully without distraction, or interruptions. You are communicating that the other person matters when doing so. Give them the floor, give them the mic, give them the spotlight and your full attention. And when you do part your lips to speak, don't tell someone what you would do if you were them because no one cares. No one cares about what you would do if you were them. Because guess what? You aren't them. You'll never be them. I don't know what it's like to stand in anyone's shoes other than my own. So I have to be attentive when they tell me about their lived experience. I have to be attentive and listen. I like to speak to people in open-ended questions. When I'm communicating with them. I don't have all the answers. And it's better if they have the opportunity to work through their own problems or strategies. Without me attempting to play their emotional or mental understudy. What they don't want. And I'm speaking as if I'm speaking for them. But what I don't want is your doubt or your disbelief or your unwelcome negative energy. Even if you have placed a glass ceiling over your own house, it doesn't mean that your friend or family or loved one sees their limits the same way you see yours. Their roof could touch the moon or orbit somewhere beyond the Milky Way. And I get it. You know, we all have made some type of mistakes. We're all human. We may have likely made some bad decisions in our own life. Or what others may 
deem as bad decisions. But isn't that what shapes us? Our past? And taking that into account and the many times others may have shamed or debased us for those decisions, we don't want to see others make the same mistakes, of course. But you would think it would humble us into having better understanding and give us less of a desire to feel superior and or judgmental. Look, for example, if someone says that they are uncomfortable with being comfortable, you might not personally relate, but if they explain that they are no longer content with the idea of mediocrity or the bare minimum, your response shouldn't be to hinder them from making the changes they need for their own mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual growth when it doesn't directly affect you. So what it interrupts your plans of them operating on your time and your comfortability. It's not about you. There's nothing wrong with being selfish, but there's something wrong with loving selfishly and you cannot love with a closed fist. If someone tells you that they are starting on a new diet plan or taking steps toward a new lifestyle change, laughing at them or doubting them and bringing unhealthy snacks to tempt them is not support. It's downright rude and shows you have asshole tendencies. See, changing a lifestyle is a huge choice in one in one's life. And overcoming a bad relationship with food or person is extremely hard. See, I went on what I like to call a reset, which began the 2nd of January. I needed to fully detox my body. In December, I kind of partied a little hard and went to the deep end and jumped out of the barrel into the cannon. So not a bite of solid food would pass my lips for 30 days, beginning January the 2nd, and it didn't. If you've ever done a liquid fast or detox, you know the amount of emotions that pass through you during it. Exhaustion and body aches and muscle aches from releasing toxins, mental clarity and insomnia, shadow work. Just a few things I was going through while still attending my day-to-day job and mustering up the fumes to attempt to show up for my friends and family. I didn't tell many people, but those that didn't know had one or two responses. Understanding and supportive. Telling me that I I was doing it and they stood behind me. They checked in on me. Grand risings every morning and blessings. And then there were those who declared they could never. I don't know how you're doing it. Oh, I could never. They questioned my motives, the length of my detox, because somehow me not eating was removing food from their mouths and ruining the taste of the things they ate and attempting to sabotage me. There was also this assumption that it was strictly for weight loss without asking me why I chose to detox. Now, lifestyle change, whether it be living circumstances or nutritional health, and career or life aspirations are apples and dragon fruit, right? But the amount of narrow-mindedness astounds me when it comes to those topics. We can't place 
borders on others' lives because we allow someone to place them on ours. It's no one's fault that you are hurting yourself around on a fenceless plot of your existence but your own. At the end of the day, we are all adults. We all have the right to make our own decisions about our life. And we all have a right to our own opinions and whether we choose to be supportive or not. Ultimately, what others do is their choice. They have a complete developed brain and in possession of all of their own faculties. And as long as there is no risk to anyone's life or limb, then they have to live with the decisions they make. You do not. See, I like to consider myself a very supportive person. I have been on the end of the stick with friends and family that didn't give me support, but expected me to support them wholeheartedly and full-bodied. I have made my home several times over a safe haven for friends that were passing through on their path to their own careers. I've been the first one to speak up and check someone, anyone, for dropping their negative garbage in someone else's yard. I am usually a judgmental free zone without any ulterior motives than to see you win. I want us all to win. Whatever winning means to you, I want that for you. I believe in helping to strengthen people's beliefs in themselves without projecting. Listening is more important than speaking. None of us are perfect. I sure the hell am not. But each day we have a chance to be better. Each day we have a chance to be the support system for others that we need ourselves. Each day is a new chance. A new day. Thank you for listening and every Wednesday you can find me at KSS Some Shit on Instagram where you can leave questions, comments, concerns, or if you have a topic you'd like me to discuss on an upcoming episode, drop it in my DMs. I'll see you guys next week.